3: i If you feel the I rage, i I know you're
4: feeling it. Pristals are nice, I like the toes, I keep on spilling it. Don't I keep real close, I got the skill for this. On my back, the flyer's is looking ill as shit. Transactions illegitimate, cause life is still a bitch. And then you die, but well, for now, life, close your eyes and feel as thick. Since had nothing to live for, like the mic But making sure every nigga say rich within my sight. But we paid the price to circle of success. They turn my mic up. I'm am about to hit these niggas with some shit that'll light your life up. If every nigga in your click is rich, your click is rugged. Nobody will pull cause everyone will beat each other's crutches. I hope you fools choose to listen. I drop you bust it. These are the rules I follow in my life. You gotta love it. Jiggy jigger looking gully in the joint. If y'all niggas ain't talking about large money,
3: what's the place? But time makes you bolder Even children get older And I'm
4: getting older too if you
3: feel the rage, Even if the it the ain't sky. sunny Hey, I
4: ain't complaining I'm in the rain Doing the buck 40 hydroplaning Well, shorty Maintaining, putting myself in a position. Most of these rappers ain't it. I'm living the ill street blues, got your hunger painting, nothing to gain in the whole lot. The loot, you're still singing. Bull, I'm Devro, and every but rope, my name be ringing. Warming it up for the perfect time to hit your brain and you're feeling it. To all the girls, I bought the girdle, who took and sell my bricks. No doubt, they could vouch my life is real as shit. 95 South and poppy on the hell and shit And all the towns like Cambridge that I kill with shit And all the barrel-ass niggas that I hustle with Throw your joints in the air one time and bust your shit These fake rappers can't really know I'm loving it You feeling it?
2: Is welcome to uh, an all new so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Now I released like a two-hour pop culture roundup that also got released today, uh, and I'm releasing this, uh, which is an interview that I'm, I'm uh, a conversation with my new friend Sophia Benoit, who is just amazing, so funny, and just wrote one of my favorite books that I've read this past year called Well. This is an ex- uh, well this is exhausting, uh, a memoir, and I just thought it was just fantastic, and I was so happy. To talk to her. And you can actually hear me being um, verbally um, and, uh, v- nervous. Uh, I was very nervous talking to her because I, I just was such an admiration of uh, her book and I just thought she was fantastic and she just proved to be great. But multiple times. I'm just so excited. I'm like, you can, you can listen to it and you'll, you'll hear those moments. But I just thought she was fantastic. And, and it just goes to show you always reach out to people that, that their work moves you, uh, that it makes you laugh. Always say that to people, um, and say it in the nicest way. Don't ever say it creepy or try not to be, especially if you're a dude. Um, but I just thought she was fantastic and she was just so nice. And I wish, I hope she comes on a billion more times because I just, felt like this was the tip of the iceberg. Now, we did this interview, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. I would have released it this past week, but we had all that Bethany Frankel, Rachel Levis stuff that I had to release extra episodes. So we're releasing it today. And also, if you didn't listen to part one, um, this will be potentially my last episode for this week. Uh, I have signed with Betches Media, and I'm going to be moving over to Betches, and I will be starting there uh, next Monday, August 28th, if all goes well, if all goes according to plan, which Life can be crazy, um, but that's what we—that's uh, what we're hoping and what we're planning on doing. So, thank you for staying with me. What a crazy journey this has been these last years, the last couple of years, uh, and since I've started this. But I'm just so thankful that we get to keep this going and keep it getting bigger. And 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 you guys have just been so amazing. So, here we go. This is fantastic. I'm telling you, you gotta check out her book. I'll put it in my Instagram stories, like a swipe up, or that link to her book. I think you really need to check it out. If you don't read, if you can't read, there's an audio book which is great as well i have both the audiobook <laughs> and the actual hardcover and i just I, I tell her that story but i was just driving back and forth to arizona and i started listening to it and it just um it made the drive go so fast and uh, even as a dude i was relating to so many things that she talks about so i know a lot of you women out there uh will definitely feel this so hard and i just think she's so great so ladies and gentlemen without further ado sophia benoit but today you guys i am somebody that i'm so excited to talk to i've never talked Uh, to before. So hopefully it's not a complete train wreck on my part, but I was, I was, I've been so depressed in this last year and I'll do these things where I'll go to Target and I'll just look at like things that I would like to buy. And it's always like the record, like the vinyl selection, even though I'm not, it just makes me feel good. And then the book section, and there was a book that I just, the the title just made me, made me smile. I don't know why, but the title of the book is, well, this is exhausting and it's essays by our next guest. Now I bought this book and I didn't crack it just cause owning a book makes you feel good right then and there. But then I was like, you know what? This book is just sitting there laughing at me in my face. And I've been making so many trips to Arizona to be with my family. So I got the audio book as well. And I just fell in love with this book. so my, I, The, the drives just went so quick. And I, I, I can't speak enough about this book. I just thought, and by the way, I'm not the primary audience for this book. I think this speaks to so many females and so much of my audience. That's why I would love for you guys to check this out. But she is hysterical. The book is heartwarming, funny. It goes in. like There are things that I so identified with, even as a dude, But also her love of pop culture shines throughout. There was multiple references, I believe, to The Bachelor, to pop culture. I mean, just these little things. But on top of that, our next guest is also uh, a sex and relationship advice. She has columns for Bustle, GQ, Bylines and Allure, Refinery29, The Cut, The Guardian. And then also, if you don't, you probably already follow her on Twitter. It's at one follower, no dad. And immediately when I opened up, I just I. I was blown away because the first thing I saw was a t-shirt that you can buy and it says Silver Springs deserve to be on rumors and that just was like holy shit so Sophia Benoit welcome to the show.
0: Hi thank you so much that's probably the most generous uh intro I've ever gotten I can't wait to record it and play it to other people and tell them to do that exact same thing that was so <laughs> lovely don't, yeah, thank you so much.
2: That's as good as it's gonna get for this, Sophia. So I hope you got what you needed <laughs> no, out was of this. it wonderful. But, <laughs> beyond flattering, so thank you. Um, so, I mean, like, the book came out, I think, over a year ago, but uh, people are still finding it. I, I, I mean, it's just a massive undertaking to write a book at all. I mean, how did that even process to begin to even think that, like, I should put all of my thoughts and my life down on paper and share my stories?
0: Yeah. So, well, one, uh, if anyone has followed me on Twitter, they probably know that my problem is not actually sharing thoughts. Like I overshare every <laughs> thought that comes in my brain because I have such um, ADHD. So um, that part wasn't as much the the issue. I love books. I try to read 50 books a year. Every year, I've been doing that for the past like five or six years um, just because I love books and I want a number to be like, this is the minimum kind of keep it going. So I've I've always loved reading. And so it it came naturally to want to write a book, but it didn't come as quickly to know what I wanted to write about. And i had seen so many female comedians especially have these fantastically funny books of essays that I loved. When I was a teenager, I remember um, loving some of Chelsea Handler's essays. um, And of course, Nora Ephron is like the goddess of hilarious essays. And, you know, Issa Rae had a book and uh, Phoebe Robertson had a book. And so there were just all these hilarious books of essays and not even always by famous comedians, Sloane Crosby. So I I always wanted to write that, and I set out to write it when I was probably 23, which is an incredibly dumb <laughs> and arrogant thing to do as a 23-year-old, but most things you do when you're 23 are dumb and arrogant, so, you know, that's what happens, um, but I started, and I had, I kept getting stuck because I didn't have crazy experiences in my life, like, I am at the end, of the, I mean, I'm someone who reads 50 books a year, like, where do, am I going to find the time to, like, try cocaine or, you know? do something <laughs> nuts. So so I, I feel like I always just kind of, I was like a good kid and I did everything quote unquote correctly. And I like didn't break the rules and didn't get grounded and didn't try not to disappoint my parents. And so I was like grasping for what to write in a book. And it finally occurred to me that I could write that story and be like, what if you write a story about kind of trying really hard to be good and then Where it gets you, Um, so that was kind of the seed for the book, and it took many years to actually get it to the point where it was a good (laughs) and legible (laughs) book with the help of a ton of other people. But um, that was kind of a long answer for how I got to to writing a book of essays.
2: No, I mean it it was amazing, and also I love the the part of it too is that discovering that you have a voice when you grow up. Like you're from Missouri, right? Like where that's where where you like finding that you have. Uh, a voice, but also a sense of humor that your friends didn't have like something that actually like, it's kind of like this superpower in a way. And then learning to harness that, you know, of like, you know, other people don't have your point of view. I mean, at what age did you discover that your point of view could be differently or you had a different way of communicating?
0: I think this is going to be such a silly answer, but, um, I realized one thing in hindsight when I started, I just started doing stand-up comedy in college when I left and, it had been something that I'd kind of thought about before leaving St. Louis, but I never really thought I could do it. Or I got, I was the kind of person in Stirling where I get very overwhelmed easily by a situation where I don't know all the steps of how to do the thing. Like I'm not <laughs> going to try something if I don't know ABCDEF all the way to Z. So um, it seemed insurmountable as a high schooler in St. Louis, so I just did kind of ignored it and waited for college. But when I started doing stand up, I remembered so clearly all of a sudden, like a flash, um, that when I was a, a five, four or five year old at a at a preschool um, or pre K and kindergarten situation, um, and then going into being a kindergartner there, I had known all these kids my whole lot, like my whole childhood at this point. And it was a small school. We all knew each other. And um, I used to go and sit on the tire swing. And every and I would do what essentially were stand-up sets. But it was me doing like rants. And one of the ones that I did all the time was like, how can we be the kindergartners now? Because like the kindergartners before us seemed so old. And now we're the kindergartners. <laughs> which is a very dumb rant. But I remember that <laughs> the kids used to ask me to go. And they would call it like, will you go shout about something is what it was even though i wasn't (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't even loud at that time in my life i mean i am now but um but they, I remember that, like, this, like, a lightning bolt of memory came. And I was like, maybe that's where some of this yeah. started, where you just were like, yelling about things <laughs> on the tire swing to children.
2: Will <laughs> You Go Shout About Something is a perfect second book title. It's <laughs> well, yeah, like, amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, but you couldn't have imagined uh, growing up in, in, in St. Louis, Missouri, to, to be here today. Like, I no, always think, either. like, I, I Kansas, like, I used to see on Entertainment Tonight the Hollywood sign, and it seemed like some kind of foreign – like like paris or something and then it shocked me that it was actually there and that 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 we can live here
0: yeah and also my family's very much not involved in um you know some people they're a writer and you're like my mom's an artist and my dad does music or whatever um my parents are like both went to law or started going to law school or went to law school and got business degrees. And like my dad owned a hockey equipment company when I was growing up and I worked in a hockey warehouse. So it wasn't like, I like not that the people in my life aren't um, like very creative. They are. uh, But also my family is incredibly academically focused. So half of my family like went to the East coast and did the like, Ivy League or just under Ivy League educations and then they're like like one of one of my cousins literally went to Princeton for quantum physics so like my family had this like dreamy version of me that was going to be more academic (laughs) I think and less like writing bad words online Um, so I feel like maybe I met somewhere in the middle of like Princeton and hockey warehouses like somewhere in between those two I settled um,
2: Which, by way, you just reminded me, I forgot one of your first, uh, the, one of your, one of your exes, one of your first boyfriends was at the, the hockey shop that yes, your dad, yes, made, yes. Uh, yes exactly. that was a huge part of the book. Okay. Yeah. That, yes, sorry. I was just, a
0: nepotism baby in that I worked at my dad's hockey warehouse um, and he would come in every stop day. stop bragging like, jeez i know he would come in and threaten to fire me constantly because he genuinely was mortified by the idea of nepotism so he was like if anyone <laughs> if she does anything wrong tell me i will fire her so fast <laughs> so.
2: Yeah. you people work people work their lives to get in this hockey place and you're just getting a hand in it too Yeah, um, exactly. but, uh so uh we were, t- I mean, I, I was just thinking about that Silver Springs shirt, which I, I, it's, I talk about the song Silver Springs, you guys a lot on this show, because I was watching recently after Christine McVeigh died, the the live version of Silver Springs that they did when they reunited with the, for the, it was called the dance on VH1, the kids, there used to be a thing called VH1. And <laughs> uh, you can see like the passion in uh, in, in Stevie Nicks's eyes towards Lindsey Buckingham and all of the stories, like. You know, and this song is so amazing. And it actually wasn't on the Rumors album. And it's one of, I think, one of their classics.
0: It is a classic. And I'm so sorry to Christine McVie, who's a beyond good singer and songwriter. I mean, just good isn't even a word that should be used yeah. for her. Phenomenal. Um But I do think "Oh Daddy" could have been cut, and we could have had time on the album for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Sorry.
2: Wow! uh, Cancelled for the wow! Cancelled immediately. Wow! That's no, you're right.
0: I also like. (laughs) I'm not. And honestly, the people that I've had angriest online at me in my life are weirdly soccer fans um, that have like weird mobs online, and then Lindsey Buckingham stands. I've had very very angry Lindsey Buckingham stands in my. in my mentions (laughs) before um, when I've talked about this. So I'm hesitant to say it, but I do think it's better than go your own way. And I think go your own way is like, Just a cheap shot to make somebody sing a song about like, yeah, I'm happy, I'm leaving you. Like, no, they're (laughs) not. No, they're not.
2: (laughs) But like, I was thinking, like, the making of rumors. If you guys don't know, was just like this sort. Like that band was so sorted. All the ins and outs of that relationships because like Lindsay Buckingham, you guys obviously you know this in Stevie Nicks. They came as a pair. They were a couple. They had already been doing like do these duo albums. But you know, all of it just got so uh, so crazy with the cheating and the ins and outs. But then I was looking at today's pop culture and nothing as like, to me that has legs. And there's like, there's like a real feeling when you talk about Fleetwood Mac, but then I was thinking about it in terms of like, we were talking about like bachelor couples like this, Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tardick, you guys, uh, Camelot has fallen once again. They have announced that they are not They're, they are ending their engagement and I was just thinking like, this is what today's generation, we get these kind of relationship breakups. And I would so much rather go back to the Fleetwood Mac kind of like really hot and heavy. There's so, like songs are being written about.
0: I think that so two things. One, I also think you don't even think about how spoiled the 70s were with just this glut of disaster bands, because you also had ABBA going through virtually the exact same thing. <laughs> And putting out hit after hit about two couples being together in a band and then divorcing. It's the same thing. It's just like more Euro divorce rather than like UK America divorce vibes. But I just think (laughs) you just forget that there were these two massive mega bands that were going through multiple split ups and divorces within the band beautiful we need bands to come back we need big band. we need bands where i do yeah, like, know all rock members. music
2: is gone. like i mean what what would even be comparable in the music scene today and like i mean like i mean i was just and this is yeah i'm not gonna even bring that up i was about to bring up tori lanes but like i was just like this is the shit we get and there's like this this real like relationship heavy you can feel like the tension within the band. Like AB a funny thing because they're so. They all had those little like. They all looked like kids together. They all looked like they were related to each other. But like Fleetwood Mac, the just the the dr- the clothing and all of that stuff was so. Sorry, I'm just uh,
0: no. Uh, I, it's insane. I think the closest thing we have right now, which is not close at all, but I think the closest thing that we're all kind of delighting in right now is the Ariana Grande and her little SpongeBob boy,
2: like Ethan that- Slater.
0: Yes, yes, I have not learned his name, and that's kind of a beautiful place for my head to be. It just is like I don't need to learn that man's name. It's going to be over soon, and it's going to be insane, even more insane for that family. Um, But like, I relate to his wife so much. When people were like, "His wife's calling up all the press," which I don't know if that's true. That might be totally false. But if if you good, that's what I'm saying. Good if if she was calling
2: up the press. Good
0: you literally had i had a baby for you and your friend came over and held my baby and now you're with my friend or your friend absolutely not i'm calling everyone I'm calling and you like
2: the big pic- ariana grande liked the pictures like i don't care how many hits you write or how great of a voice you have that's like there's a diabolical and it's not the first i i don't want to paint ariana time. that's i mean that's i don't i want to be careful at how i approach that but This is not news if it comes to Ariana Grande relationships. How she... Like, this is almost normal for Ariana Grande. But anybody else, you think about that lady with a uh, one-year-old son, I believe. And, you know, she was, like, all happy for her husband because he got a role in the movie Wicked. That's huge. Huge for them. And
0: then this happens? I would burn so much down. I would be not just online. I would be saying so many things about that man that he thought were going to be private until he died. I would be saying... The absolute worst insecurities he had, I'd be posting them online. I'd be like, this is what he's insecure about. This is his deepest fear, by the way. I would be sharing everything you wouldn't believe. But again, I'm totally, I get it. And I think her calling Ariana Grande not a girl's girl is ultimately one of the most beautiful responses. I thought
2: that was just almost elegant. Sophia, what does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? Not a girl's girl. Okay. So I have a
0: huge thing with, uh, with multiple friends of mine, but especially with one of my friends about talking about girls, girls. And I, my parents got divorced when I was young. Um, And I lived most of the d- days of the week with my mom and my sister in a house that was literally all girls. So I think a lot of my childhood really was outside of the male gaze. And if you've ever met my dad, you, it, 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 it's even clearer. He's not like, American dad watching football. Despite the hockey warehouse situation, you might think <laughs> my dad is like literally like doctorate in philosophy, like tri- like very European, like thinks that hockey is a beautiful and poetic sport or something. Like it's not yeah. Mr. Sporty Spice. So I didn't grow up around the male gaze very much. And so inherently, I think I kind of thought more so early on in my life that like what women did was cool and valuable and great. And like, why would we care about what guys are saying? If it's a negative thing, like, okay, that's easy to ignore. And then as I got older, I was around more men and around more women who are around more men. And it became clear that like society's rules were, Hey, maybe the male gaze should be prioritized. And I felt very, that felt jarring to me. I remember being like, what is happening? (laughs) Why are we listening to boys all of a sudden? This is random. Um, And so I think the kind of idea of what a girl's girl is, is a person who prioritizes friendships over male opinions or, and it's not somebody who's like ignoring men or hating men or not having relationships with men. It's just being like, I am at my core. I have a belief that femininity is good and valuable and not weak and not lesser. And like, whether that's expressed by anyone across the gender spectrum, like I am at my core, someone who like, loves women, thinks it's cool. Like Taylor Swift, girl's girl. Like she is loudly feminine, proudly feminine. She's not male gazy. And so when you have somebody, and I think that that's like been a kind of a huge theme this summer, especially you've got like the Barbie movie coming out. You have like Gabby Wendy when she came out, speaking of The Bachelor, she like wrote, I'm a girl's girl in reference to something she'd said on the show about being a girl's girl. So like, I think it's like been this big summer of like women supporting women being like, all right, you know, girl's girl moment. Yeah. And then then for Ariana Grande to be called not a girl's girl. I was like, yes, yes, that's true. That's correct.
2: and, And what a bubble she has to live in. Like if somebody that is so used to that type of behavior that she, you know, you would only imagine that, yeah, she must not have a tight community of females in her life. If this is something that is like not even acceptable, but almost commonplace. If you look at her past relationships.
0: Yes. I mean, I genuinely think that if one of my friends did that, it would be very hard for me to continue to be friends with them. Because I'd be like, okay, well, you just were involved in the end of a family relationship and you don't seem very remorseful about it. Uh, (laughs) The vibes are bad.
2: I don't know. (laughs) Like, I feel bad for the smallest things. Could you imagine like the guilt that a normal person would carry if you were like, oh, yeah, we were double dating with my or her ex-husband and we were like, we were double dating. I was liking all their photos. And then they have a new baby and we fell in love. And I'm still going to pursue that instead of saying, you know what? This isn't right right now. Let's wait down. I mean, like it is what that is somebody. And think about that's Somebody's worst nightmare on top of even taking gender politics out of it somebody's worst nightmare is for guy or girl to be stolen away from a guy or girl. Like that is that I live in fear of things like that.
0: I just think like, I, I think there's so many like shades of infidelity and like as a sex and relationships writer, I talk to people about infidelity a lot and experts about infidelity. And I think there's a lot of infidelity that's recoverable from like, there's a lot of stuff that's like, you can, figure out why it happened and strengthen a relationship, et cetera, et cetera. But when your partner just straight up walks out and is like found someone better, that is devastating. And I don't think there's like a, a, a good spin on it. And I don't think there's like a, maybe you'll learn. I don't know. <laughs> like it is just a straight up bummer. And like also that you, you haven't learned anything from your last relationship if you're already getting in a new one anyway. So it's going to be a disaster zone. And yeah again now have
2: honestly imagine having to stay away off. from radio yeah, I mean, yeah well that's the other thing and i know it's not polite like i'm a weird looking guy I, like i know it's not polite to talk about but he's a very interesting looking gentleman and he's obviously really good at singing uh you know in musical theater but that's another thing is that like i'm curious of like how pumped up on he that he's on ariana that he is now If he opens up any social media app, people literally go to that denominator of, you are the, you know, you look like SpongeBob, potentially.
0: I mean, I think it's audacious. And I think that, like, leagues are obviously fake in a certain sense of, like, someone being out of your league. Like, there's so much that is not a physical appearance that is involved in attraction, like, so, so, so much. So I get that. That's perfectly fine. But at the end of the day, part of me is, like, I don't know, girlfriend, you keep going for weird looking dudes and that are kind of dating someone or maybe still dating someone. So this seems like a whole thing where, again, if I were her friend, I'd be so frustrated right now. I'd be like, I can't even, there's too much to work on. I have to get out of here. Like, I'm just too much of a friend who's like, I I always am telling my friends what my opinions are on everything, obviously. And I don't expect (laughs) them to like take my advice, but I am always like, yeah, that's. Well, are you cold idea. calling
2: your friends? Are you? Do you cold call your friends? <laughs> going, Yo, I gotta, I uh, gotta talk to you about your guy. Like, you know,
0: I I'm lucky in that I have a house that has like a good area for entertaining, and I host people and I cook, so I have people over all the time. <laughs> so I'm kind of like doing like a spider's web where I like I invite people in, and then I'm like, you're here, thank <laughs> you. It's time for me to tell you my unsolicited advice.
2: <laughs> uh, um. Cheating does, I mean, obviously cheating has been around, you know, forever, but in pop culture, and I know you, I don't think you watch Vanderpump Rules, but we just had, we were rocked. The Bravo audience was rocked with a huge uh, cheating scandal where it was like a French, like this girl was friends with the guy and the girl that were together. And then it turns out this girl was banging the guy. Like it was this huge thing. And it was so real. I mean, it actually made you believe in reality shows again, because it was so real. And it was so like, whole, it was like jaw dropping because, the audience didn't even see it. Like none of us saw that or could believe it was happening. But then you just think about like all of these relationships crumbling and people cheating on this and that and this. And I just, is is it like the summer of cheating? Is it the summer of breaking up relationships? Like,
0: Okay, look, I am really inordinately good at telling when celebrity couples are going to end. And I usually keep a like a notes app on my phone with dates, or I'll text a friend to timestamp my predictions to be like, this person's going to, this is ending, this is, here we go. And so often, and I try not to post too much about it because it always seems gleeful because it's always like... Uh, I got it right, (laughs) which is like, then people are like, you're an asshole. (laughs) Like, these people split up and it's sad for them. I have a gift. (laughs) Uh, It's also, (laughs) like, you can tell because of their Instagrams and the way they respond. So I'm fascinated by celebrity breakups and celebrity gossip. And I've always been a follower of celebrity gossip and news and everything. I just want to know everyone's little business because it's fun. It's entertaining. But that said, this summer has been wild. Like, to start with, I, I mean, I guess this wasn't even this summer, but like you had Reese Witherspoon and I, that one seemed not to be rude, but kind of obvious because they weren't ever together or, or around. Yeah, it was like
2: her, ma- it was like her age, like an agent, like an Jim agent. Toth, I believe his name yeah, is. Yes. And they had like a nice place in I think Montecito or one of those, like Santa Barbara, one of those yeah. nice places.
0: Yes. And then, so that one didn't seem shocking to me. I'd kind of been waiting for that, but I had like a question mark of like, have you gotten to the point in the marriage where you're like, it's so expensive for us to split up because we have this production company together that we're just going to kind of stay together, but whatever. But so yeah. she made the call. I was like, okay, here we go. And then some dominoes started falling and you've got again, like Kate and Bristow, which that one didn't surprise me. I'm sorry to say I had been watching that one and their July 4th post really gave me hope that maybe they were still together, but they were, wa- I, I knew this was coming. <laughs> I knew, unfortunately, cause I really like both of them. I think they're both such sweet people and I, I, I hope that they just are happy. Like, I genuinely this again sounds so gleeful to be like yeah. I knew it was They do
2: cute. seem like really nice people.
0: Yeah, they seem very sweet. And then well, there was another big one that I was like, Oh, okay, here we go, here we go. And then there's um, oh my god, I can uh, why can't I think of her name? Kyle Well, Richards. Joe
2: Manganello and Sophia Vergara, Kyle Richards and Mauricio. Okay, and that from Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills.
0: Yes, and uh Stephanie Sophia Vergara, that was honestly. A little surprising but as soon as it came out i was like oh it's because of kids and then somebody was like it's because of kids and i was like that makes sense like i he wanted kids
2: well it was her, well allegedly it was because of kids and he's always been he's been sober for a long time and allegedly she is you know like not doesn't have a problem but there was like they put stuff out in like tmz and daily mail of like that could have been a potential problem as well mm-hmm. is that he you know was not into her lifestyle potentially which I, you know, that was neither here nor I,
0: The one that did shock me, the one that I was like, oh my God, did not see this coming. And part of it is because of how they've been so private before. So it's like a lot harder to get the signs is Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn. That one I was like, oh, oh, okay. Wow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. What surprised you about that? What surprised you about that? Because I also would love to touch on... The little mini thing with Maddie Healy from the 1975 Oh, that, was that we crazy. never got full confirmation. But Joe Howen, they, I mean, she, they were writing like poems to each other. She, he wrote on her albums, like Evermore and Folklore.
0: Well, they were together six years at a time in, li- in life for a lot of people. When, when you're with somebody for that long, you end up marrying them. Like in your late twenties, early thirties, when you're with someone for six years, that's pretty common anyway. She seems to be somewhat traditional-ish in and were very romantic and like both of them first of all they look alike so that's a great sign for everyone um they're just like blonde tall people amazing (laughs) um they just had such like a she seemed to be so happy and settled in that relationship and was writing songs about like this is great. And I'm want to be with you forever. And like, let's get married. And I've been with you for three summers and I want them all like that kind of stuff. I was like, Oh, okay. Like here's this nice long relationship. And the thing I think that surprised me the most is usually there's like things that come out in newspaper, newspapers, as if I'm reading newspapers in magazines or online. <laughs> Please, me cracking up <laughs> in the <a> Wall Street <laughs> Journal every
2: morning um, to find out. Honey, about the Wall Twitter. Street Journal's <laughs> here. Joe Alvin's yeah. in it again. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. No, there's just things that like get written about celebrities usually that are like, oh, the distance has been hard on them. Or they're like having some quotes where they'll like somewhat recently, I remember Orlando Bloom talking about how difficult it is to be married
2: to <laughs> Katy Perry.
0: And I was like, okay, all right, maybe not. Maybe you don't say that to the paper. Like, again, I don't know. He's um,
2: doing a press tour on, on the difficulties of being with Katy was, Perry. Amazing. He
0: was, he was mentioning it a lot. He's like, marriage is hard work. And I was like, okay, tone it down. Like, just, just, just be, but the, so they weren't doing that because they're like a private Joe and, and Taylor were such a private couple that it was like, there weren't they yeah. were like, There weren't the little like breadcrumb things of like, oh, they're not, they're selling their properties instead of buying properties. And they're, he's in London and she's in LA and the distance has been hard and all those little things that like. And there was a Dumois thing that they even got
2: secretly married. Like just, and, and like, it was like a, like a secret ceremony. And, and they even like alluded to that it wasn't legal, but it was with friends. And like under a tree, potentially. I mean, it seemed like 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 Hobbit. Like it was like elfishly beautiful. <laughs> it was very mystical.
0: Yes. And so then she had Matt Healy, which was like, that was a car crash. I If I were her PR team, I would have called her every single morning, 5 a.m. wake up call. I'm not leaving you alone until you break up with this man. I Her
2: poor... But policy- isn't, isn't that like... It, isn't that what we do? Like, is that... You know, now she's like the biggest star on the planet. But even if she wasn't do a lot of people tend to like, well, I'm going to go for the bad boy now. Like, is that the attraction potentially for somebody like Taylor with a Maddie Healy?
0: I I mean, maybe because you went from like, literally like a gingerbread boy, like in a fairy tale to like, I don't know, a cigarette that you found in the gutter. Like what a jump. But I think the weird part of that is that he wasn't just, or not weird, the shameful part of that probably is that he wasn't just like a bad boy, but there's like, he's, got multiple a genuine of being racist and like a kind of a piece of shit. Like I am gonna get canceled by yeah. people for this. But we don't, um, we, no
2: no 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 we talked <laughs> about that on the show many times like the all the stuff that he said. Uh, but and by the way, you wouldn't like his the music is really kind of pussy like in terms like I i you know it's not the 1975 isn't a hard like it's not like this hard band but his actual comments are so, like, it. it like I don't even care if he's trying to get attention from him. But it's just sometimes beyond the pale. Like, it's gross. And for somebody like Taylor to be with him, it truly was shocking to her fans, but also to non-fans. Where I was like, this is wild.
0: It's also weird because he's, like, so try-hard. Which, not that she can't be try-hard. But sometimes, like, it seems like in the past she's been with people who just kind of are, like, are what they are. Whatever. Like, they're just... You know, I don't know, like Joe Alwyn, he might be a little affected, but he's not like a try hard guy who's like trying to be cool. And man, is that guy trying so hard to be like edgy and weird. And like, it's so transparently bad and like, I don't know, it's so unattractive It from my perspective that I'm like, friend, as if Taylor Swift my friend friend what are we doing <laughs> again this is me being like you need to come over to my house i need to make you some pasta and i need to tell you some things about your relationship
2: i got worried cuz he started showing up to every one of her shows like i would see it like on like tiktok or something he would be in the booth like singing along to every song and i was like dude like chill out like i know you got a free ticket but like you're showing up to every show. And then I got pissed that Phoebe Bridgers is all buddies with him because I like Phoebe Bridgers. And then Phoebe Bridgers, like, brought him out on stage and played with, like... like and I was like, dude, how did... Like, and Phoebe Bridgers, she seems like she had a great head on her shoulders. She's called out people in the past for, like, idiotic things that they say. And then there's silence on Maddie Healy. Well, Sorry. here's...
0: Okay, so here's the thing about Phoebe Bridgers, which I don't know enough that much about her, to be honest. Big picture, I, I have to say, I've never, um, like... She's not been, like, a favorite of mine. I don't dislike her. I just, like, haven't put in the time to listen to her music, which I am sure is phenomenal. From what I've seen of it, it's really good music. So this is not a knock on her artistic ability at all. But I do think there's some, like, spicy timeline potential for her and Bo Burnham and his ex-partner, Lorena. and I'm never going to think of her name.
2: Oh, yeah, the director of uh, the Jennifer Lopez film, Hustlers, Hustlers. Yeah,
0: yeah. Scarfetta, I don't know. It's an Italian name, and now I'm embarrassed that I've let down a fellow Italian. But um, she, it was like he was always dating this like hot, sexy older woman, and I loved that for Bo Burnham. I was like, yes, please date a hot, sexy older woman. That's great, wonderful justice for us all. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh no, Paul Mescal's gone. Uh, my hot older lady partner's gone, and now we're together. Timelines might be sizzling hot for that one. I don't know anything. Obviously, I don't know anything. I know nothing. But I was kind of like, now, wait a minute. <laughs> now, wait a minute.
2: Yeah, I mean, I and what she was referring to you guys is, uh, so BB Burger used to date the actor Paul Mescal that just was nominated for an Oscar last year. Amazing actor. They were engaged. And then all of a sudden, like, we don't know what happened, but like all of a sudden there was like, oh, the engagement's off. And then all of a sudden, Bo Burnham, who was in his like, like hooded jacket, and, like really very trying to hide at things was in the back of like these Phoebe Bridger shows. And then he would like, she was in the back of like this, uh, I forgot which comedians show he was directing and she was there. And then they like caught him holding hands. Like, anyway, so it seems like they are together now, but you're right. It's a very weird thing. Cause I think she was, he was together with Lorena for like eight to 10 years.
0: Yeah. For a long time. Yes. I, I just, Again, who knows? I mean, also, again, not my not my problem, not my business, but I love speculation, so, you know. No,
2: it's like, no, it's one of those things when you're like, I'm on the Daily Mail at like one in the morning and I'm just like shaking my head like, no bo no phoebe like and i don't know either of them at all but i i put these people sometimes on pedestals as we do in pop culture and then you realize oh all of these people are jackasses just like me they're idiots they don't know what they're doing and they're also way younger than i am so i guess they have to learn to make their mistakes but it's wild because pop culture nowadays it is now like a 24-hour news cycle like politics is, is that it's so different than somebody like Fleetwood Mac. Could you imagine if that was like TMZ was around, that uh, Oh,
0: Lord. Oh, good Lord. There would have been a contact high from the cocaine in the room, <laughs> first of all, for all the reporters. <laughs> yes. But I, yeah, it's, it's very different now. And I feel like with, again, this is such a cliche thing to even say, but like social media definitely makes us all feel like we've got even more of, access to and potentially write for access to into people's lives. So I definitely understand. And should I ever meet any person that I've ever like gossiped about privately, I'm never going to like bring things up or be weird about it. And also just like, so I do feel a certain sense of like, there's a, a one, a creepiness to the fact that I like care about these things. Um, I know. I think think it's like a, it's it's a storytelling thing though, in my mind, which is like unfair to them. Cause they're like, I have to live through this. <laughs> like, <laughs> like actually not a
2: fun story. You're, you're helping me with my narrative prose. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. To me, I'm like, this is a fascinating tale of intrigue. And they're like, that is my marriage. <laughs>
2: so,
0: yeah.
2: Um. So I, that is interesting though. It's like, I always talk about the concept of growing up, loving this stuff. I think there was like meant to, was meant to feel some sort of shame about liking this kind of stuff, to be fascinated every day with like pop culture or tabloid stuff, and like to really dig in there. And then you were like, like, there's really nothing to be ashamed about. It's like, is this weird, intense microcosm, like on, on meth of actual people's lives? There's just like a celebrity lens on it. But that's why, like, I hate the Kardashians, but I love them at the same time because what an insane family. To have billions and billions of dollars now, starting off doing tummy tea ads, but you still have men in your life that consistently treat you like shit, and Chris Jenner encourages you to stand behind them. Like that to me is fascinating. That is like <laughs> really wow. Like
0: yes, no, yeah. I mean, I, mean we, I feel like also there's the the factor of like people have been talking about other people and gossiping about people for all of time, and whether they know somebody or don't know somebody. Like you, you think that like. Everyone wasn't being like, oh, no, the vicar in the new town two towns over is a little <laughs> tart or whatever. Like, people were always <laughs> gossiping. And, you know, gossip has a very real, like, use, which is very connective, but also potentially, like, good at outing people for, like, that's a bad person. Um, and, like, a good gossip network that can keep you of, like... Don't work with that guy, by the way. Or like, if you do watch out. So I'm like very pro gossip. I do also think that there's something um, unimaginable about having your life and your life choices dissected at that level, especially when you've got all this access to money and power that like the average person doesn't have, like the average person can't just leave their partner and move across the country with someone and go vacation in the Bahamas and be on a yacht and be flirting or whatever. Like the average person, if you get divorced, it costs you, you know, $15,000 and it's financially ruinous. So like that is such a different life than all of us live that I think there's also an aspect of it that isn't even noticeable. Like in some sense, divorce is its own like luxury item at this point in a lot of people's lives. You can't afford to live on your own or you can't afford to again, like move out or pay to, go through litigation or whatever so there's like there is a very real factor of like these people are living a life that is unimaginable on almost every level to us so it is kind of fascinating to be like what is it like to go home to your big kitchen with wide open doors to the ocean and then like bang a pop star like I would love to find out
2: <laughs> no I mean like did you get to get to uh I mean speaking of like uh, unimaginable Did you get tickets to any of the era's Taylor Swift dates in Los Angeles? Were you just there this last
0: two weeks? I did. I got a text message randomly that was like, we're adding a date. And I thought it was fake because I was like, there's no way that I could just log in and this would work. And I somehow got tickets that I I genuinely have no idea how that worked. I just believed a text message, which I don't think anyone should ever do because someone can scam me so easily. (laughs) This is how
2: my parents (laughs) fuck their computers up every year. Like they just believe text messages and emails.
0: I know, and I really was like, I—I I will say I did a little bit of due diligence, and I didn't click on the link from my phone. I like Googled separately and was like, "Is this true?" Um, but I went to her concert, and then I also was again lucky enough to do the gauntlet and go to Renaissance. And so I've seen both this summer, which has been. Where not-
2: did you see Renaissance? She hasn't come to LA yet.
0: She has not come to LA. I'm at a in a friend's wedding in when she's in LA. So I went and visited family in St. Louis and then went up to Chicago to her show in Chicago because I'm insane. And I told everyone in my life that like if Beyonce goes on tour again I have to see her. And so I was like, I gotta do it. So I Dude, I I I bad financial decision
2: Hey, you guys. Now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, our sponsor is our friends once again over at BetterHelp. Now, they give you these and they want you to talk about certain aspects of your life where you have felt uncertain about where you're going in life or what the right path was or how you got through it. And the only reason I I, I, I laughed there for a second because, my God, I'm going through so much right now. It is wild. (laughs) Life is too much. And that is why our friends over at BetterHelp, uh, they exist because you can actually reach out and talk to somebody about what is going on in your life today. And I actually am doing this right now with BetterHelp. So sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. I mean, that seems to be the case, uh, whether it be uh, romantic relationships uh, your job, uh, where you're headed in the future, if you have kids, I'm sure that is a huge. Tr- I mean, there's just so much. So whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life, so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more practice, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Um, the way I've benefited from therapy in the past and now is that it is just, uh, I mean, the basic thing is just getting these thoughts and sometimes they're dark thoughts out of your head and actually into your voice and pushing them out of your body and having somebody else receive those thoughts. I mean, that's just like the basic thing. But then on top of that, of of, of looking deeper at certain elements of your life talking about what you possibly could do, what makes you happy, what makes you sad. Uh, If you are introspective about your own life, I've always found that I personally have benefited from that. But what's so beautiful about therapy or trying to discover aspects of yourself is that it's personal to each and every one of us. But if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So all you have to do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash so bad today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, com slash so bad. And that's going to be in the show notes as well, guys. Back for the remaining portion of our show. You're right. No, wait, 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 wait. Wait, okay, this is, um, so I was like Travis Scott, like his new album came out and he did this like fucking show at the like in Italy last week where Kanye came out and I was watching a clip of it and he's just like jumping up and down going like, ah, like just jumping up and down in this ridiculous white outfit, which is fine, but he's just jumping up and down screaming, which is like after like, World, maybe like chill out a little bit but then like you compare it to like beyonce or taylor swift everything is fucking like they're pros they're hitting every mark they're like everything they're just i mean it's just subtle so and legendary and then you have this man taylor uh travis scott just screaming there's like ah it's it's and it's like that's like
0: No, the level that they put on, I mean, I really genuinely was joking earlier. Michael Jackson's obviously like the blueprint of how big and amazing a tour can be and how much production a tour could get. And he was obviously a phenomenal performer, which is like, again, part of the blueprint for this, but their concerts are so unbelievably produced and so well done. And even with that, like, again, I know both of them have a virtually unlimited budget. So like, yes, you can make a really great concert with an unlimited budget. But still, you have to show up and do the concert for three and a half hours or two and a half hours every single night, which I even the crowd at both shows occasionally would sit down. And I was like, this is hilarious that you guys are sitting down and the performer is like still going. You know what I mean? Like, like we're getting tired standing doing nothing. Um, it was so funny. I mean, it's just the unbelievable amount of work and effort that it takes to put on a concert ever period and then the amount that they're doing and how
2: many shows they're both doing and wow unbelievable so, like i went to beyonce twice by myself and the first time was just like for shits and giggles and the second time i was like well i gotta go i mean like because it really was one of the best things i had ever seen i was blown away and i was like i will see this person until she is not touring anymore like i guess the i mean it's really truly magical and that's why it bumped me out i couldn't get one of those pre-sale taylor swift things and then i like i was like you know what what if I went on StubHub, like and, like the lower level seats were like little, legitimately $9,000. Oh and then the top, like the fifth level, the last row of the fifth level, was like $800. And I was like, you know what? That's a bridge too far. Because then I would be the creepy guy by himself, not screaming <laughs> out the words. And they're like, what's that guy's deal? He's in the last row of the fifth center and he paid $900. Like there's just like, I love her, but I just didn't, I couldn't do that. Like it would have been much... Uh, I would I wouldn't okay being the weird guy by himself on the lower level, you know?
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. if you also if you get really good tickets, you gotta you have to go. i I really I, as soon as I left well, both concerts, I immediately was like, if I can ever see them again, I have to. And yeah. I think. One thing, I mean, I did see, I was never a concerts person growing up. Like I, my first concert was Bob Dylan with my dad and he doesn't believe it's in standing at events. So he made us sit in silence the entire time. Um, so that was my first <laughs> concert experience. I and mean, I didn't see <laughs> I'm gonna it scare another... the
2: shit out of you to see Bob Dylan as it, a kid. It,
0: well, I was not, I was like 14. That was my first concert and, or 15 <laughs> something. and um, it was, it, it was, a very boring experience I have to say I'm so sorry to Bob Dylan whom I love I love Bob Dylan but man that was not the best concert experience and so then I waited for many many years and then I saw Beyonce actually and um that just kind of opened the box of like oh my god this is what a concert can be are you guys kidding this is what everyone's been talking about and then I saw um after that I saw Taylor uh, not Taylor Swift I'm sorry I saw Fleetwood Mac and that was when I was like oh my God, if they ever go on tour again, I have to see them. It was one of the best shows, maybe the best concert I've ever been to, even though it wasn't high production value. They were just so, so, so good. And then the pandemic happened, so they stopped touring, of course. And then, of course, Christine B has died. And so now it's like, well, I got it in – if anything, it reinforced to me that I should, like, waste my money, quote-unquote, yeah. for those concerts.
2: Like, I don't have kids. Like, I mean, this is, like, these are my kids. I'm going to go spend money doing this kind of stuff because – that, I mean, like, I, I'd say I saw Fleetwood Mac at uh, the Forum, uh, you know, before the pandemic, maybe like their tour before the one you saw. And I remember it was when Chrissy Miffy had come back to the band to tour with them. And it was so funny because at the end of the show, on, like the encore, uh, Stevie Nicks was like, I told Christy, you're not used to the road. You don't have it in you anymore. And she was like, she was like shit talking Christy with me, right? she's like, I have to work to be up here. And you, you know, it was like hysterical. But then I just saw Stevie Nicks. um, It was like a co-headlining tour with Billy Joel, like a couple months ago. And I was thinking like, oh, Billy Joel is going to like totally win this night. And Stevie Nicks, hands down, like blue, I mean, Billy Joel's amazing, but blue Billy Joel out of the water. And then she did this, the most touching tribute to Chrissy McPhee and like all the photos of them. And it would like been the first time she had played since her passing. And you just remember like we grow, like this is what I love about pop culture is that we grow up, like these people are growing up, but we grow up with these people as well. And it was making me think of like landslide of how you can look at it, like singing that song as a young woman and singing that song now. And what that must mean of like the passage of time to somebody like her.
0: Wow. I can't even, I mean, yes. How do you even, and it's crazy to think about, and I think about this, I thought about this at the Ares tour and, um, but also, I mean, great example with Stevie Nicks is like, you're singing these songs about a person that now has not been in your life for a very long time. So like, this is a fascinating thing of how do you get that emotion back? when you're like, we haven't been a couple for 40 years, <laughs> you know, like I <laughs> don't even talk to that man anymore. Um, I, I think <laughs> it's, it's fascinating. And then you have kind of the other hand with the heirs towards so much of the, so many of the songs that were in the set list were songs that were love songs about this person you just ended something with. And I was like, Oh my God, how do you, how do you do that? That is incredible to be able to come out and sing like a love song to a person that you just ended a six year relationship with earlier this year. I mean, I would be crying. I cry about everything. So I would be crying, but I know the audience
2: is crying. All the audience is crying Um, when she does these things.
0: Oh, absolutely. I cried then. I was like, I cried at the show. And I mean, I, again, I cried everything. So not a great barometer, but (laughs) I think most people at the show were uh, crying. It was such a good show. I did also notice that the, at, um, in Beyonce's show, she took out the songs from Lemonade that were about Jay-Z, and the only songs that are left are the songs that are, like, which are great, Formation and Freedom, that aren't directly about him have cheating, uh, allegedly or whatever. I guess it's pretty, it seems like not all. No, I think it's common it knowledge like, at this point. I think yeah. it's common knowledge, yeah. Uh, so I just thought that was really interesting of like, is there a talk before you do this big tour that's like, Hey, can you not do the songs about me being, <laughs> hey, uh, B, B, can we
2: have a chat real quick? I would love it if you did not. Cause Lemonade is one of the best cheating albums ever. Like one of the <laughs> best, like going through it, che- like somebody that has cheated on you, a love relationship. It really is. That's why it's ground me. It's like the best concept album ever.
0: Oh my God. It's, I, I if that's not a top five album to you, I think that's a red flag. Like that album was perfect. I just think top to bottom, I so frustrated that it's so difficult to actually watch the visual album. Now it's so difficult to, to get that anywhere and to watch it. Um,
2: Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But man,
0: that album is absolutely flawless. I My genuine only note for her for, for concert was I was like, I wish there was more lemonade in this because... I love 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 Renaissance and I'm yeah. so glad you played so much of it but I kept being like oh I want to hear like hold up and I want to hear sorry and I like I want to hear all of you know all
2: my Yeah movie. lemonade for me is like top to bottom just in a perfect album like it really is and renaissance is great too but like lemonade like there is those albums that speak to you at like a certain time and place in your life so it's like yeah you're always going to like want that experience but I, I was thinking about this and thinking about like these like taylor and beyonce sharing these like really personal things and then not to bring it back to like bachelor and bachelorette couples you know they go out and make their instagram statements, and then i was reading the tmz article about Caitlin and Jason and Caitlin's like, I don't know, maybe, you know, who knows what's down the line? We don't know. We're sharing our dogs. And it's like, I was thinking about that, you know, it's like, they don't have these songs to purge. They don't have, you know, it's like they have Instagram posts, they have sponsored content. And like, how do you get out? Like, because we're normal people, but we don't have to, if we break up or get into relationships, we don't have to explain those to the public. Like you may choose to write about it, but we don't have to do that. And th- we look to them because they made their, like, she made her bones off of The Bachelorette. She made her bones on these shows about falling in love.
0: Yeah, I think I, I I definitely don't envy having to explain a breakup to a general public. And especially, like, I think a lot about the fact of, like, even if it's a somewhat amicable, good breakup fish if there's such a thing, which it seems kind of like, for Jason and Caitlin and it's at least like seems from the outside, very um, amicable and friendly. I think it's also still like heartbreaking to have to put stuff out there in general and feel like you need to have to explain yourself, but then to have so many people in the replies being like, Oh my God, I'm so heartbroken. I'm so sad. I loved you too. Bitch. I loved us too. I'm the person in the relationship. (laughs) Like, like I would be so frustrated with that. Like, even though it's like a totally in good faith thing, like it's totally like intended to be a sweet thing but how frustrating to hear people be like i was rooting for you guys and feel like yeah. okay i was too i i literally am in it like i was in, i was in the situation what? it's my way
2: I take usually every celebrity couple that breaks up and I'll do the same meme post of Camelot has fallen because that, you know, like that was like the JFK, you know, Jackie, like there there was this kind of thing of like this magical relationship or something. But it is interesting nowadays with these relationships is you do see these people take, take it so personal, like it is. So, like our pop culture is so personal to us. And now we have these shows based around love and like you watch the bachelor and bachelorette. Do you like, do you believe in this day and age, 2023 that anybody is genuinely going on at the age of 23 years old to find their life partner on any of these shows?
0: I, I think it's okay. So there's two things, I, a couple things I think about this, I guess. Uh, one, every 23 year old, every single one is the biggest dipshit imaginable. All of us are.
2: All of us are. Like yeah. 23, every
0: yeah. single 23 year old on earth is tied for being the biggest dipshit. So on the one hand, not a great time to expose yourself to the public. Like it's hard. And obviously yeah, you're like, learning. Yeah, exactly. And I think like there's pieces of that in my own life on very, very minor levels where I learned things publicly that I wish I could have somehow not learned publicly by put posting every single thought I ever had on Twitter or in a book or whatever. So, I, on some hand, I have like genuine, genuine belief that you can go on a show and have great intentions and be somebody who genuinely thinks, like, maybe this is a fun time, or maybe I find someone great, or maybe I meet somebody. And I think you can believe that genuinely. I just think there's so little of life that's been lived by 23 and people told me that at 23 and I believed them, but I also didn't understand them. So like, I believed it when people talked to me about writing a book or whatever I was trying to do. And they would be like, but you're so young for this. And not in like a, they weren't like, wow, that's so cool. And they were like, no, you're too experienced to do this. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like I genuinely think that like life is going to unfold a lot that said, I think it's, part of the experience of life is doing those things at 23. Like, I don't think you can skip over the steps of your life that are, why don't I take a big, crazy risk? And maybe it is public and I fail publicly or I get my heart broken or I expose too much or I look like an asshole on TV. Again, that last one's probably pretty niche. But I feel like there's something to be said for, like, experience. The only way through being a 20-something and being an idiot is through it like there's no way out you have to do it so do I think people are genuine yes I think there's a lot of people that go on that show that are genuine um and or at least are like curious about it which is I think fair to be like hey probably nothing but like if I have a good time I meet somebody cool on the other hand I watch the show with somebody one of my best best friends is a reality tv producer and editor um oh my god and he's worked on a ton of shows, a ton, a ton of shows. And he's worked very closely with people that worked on The Bachelor. Um, like he's worked on a million shows that are reality TV shows. And so he knows a lot of like the secrets and the tricks. And so occasionally he'll be sitting with us and he'll be like, Yeah, the producers changed that. And I'll be like, Kevin, no, they did not. That is real. <laughs> <laughs> that is real life. We are watching real life. We're watching a documentary and yes, it is unfolding that's what before- I
2: want. I need to believe, I need to believe all this is real. I hate when I hear about Frankenstein editing and I hate when I hear about like, I want all, I, in fact, I feel like I'm not a political person, but that should be a law. Like, I feel like you should get fined if you lie to us point blank.
0: I agree. And I also like, I can deal with if they do a creative cut for the like teaser for the next week where like the voice comes over a scene that's a different scene. I can deal with that because it's like, all right, you made it spicy. I get it. Whatever. Whatever. But on my real TV day, you cannot mess with me. Yes. I am watching, again, a real documentary.
2: Yes. <laughs> so to what? me,
0: I like the bubble and I like believing in it. And I like suspending my disbelief and being like, yes, these beautiful personal trainers really do want to find love. Um On the other hand, it gets harder every year as I get older to watch 20-somethings do stuff. I'm like, you are... No, because you're still on yeah. insurance, insurance. So no,
2: I'm not going to allow that. that. <laughs> I, it was so saccharine when I when I had to stop watching The Real World when I was like. I can only watch so many 20 year olds drink vodka Red Bull anymore. Like once I stopped drinking vodka Red Bull, it just, I couldn't, I couldn't go there anymore. And it made me so sad because I wanted to, but it was like, but also the bachelor, you know, you're living in this this bubble where everybody has abs and you're like, well, that's not, well, are you going to watch the golden bachelor, which you guys, the golden bachelor comes out in like a month or so or a month or two. And it's a guy in his sixties looking for love. Are you going to watch this?
0: I Okay, so th- no one's going to believe this other than the people that I incessantly talked about and that's fine and it sounds horrible, horrible, horrible so it, I already, it's like oh, a, an no. annoying sentence alert, but years ago I was like, this is what they should do is make an old bachelor with old people it would be so cute, everyone loves old people so I genuinely, with the guy that this um, the producer. producer that I'm friends with, I was like he was like, let's put together a pitch deck kind of thing for this and so we never did it we never did this, so it didn't, it's not like I'm saying so much for my idea. I was just like, this is a thing I've always wanted to do. And he's like, if you are serious about it, you should put together a couple reality show ideas and like, here's what you should do. And I never did anything with it. And then they announced it. And so I am thrilled. I hope it's good. I do love old people. This guy seems like, uh, he seems like he, I this is, I'm going off very little information, but he seems like an airline pilot from Florida, which is not really what I was thinking of when I thought of an old person. I was thinking of like, (laughs) a little sweetheart and he has kind of like horny guy vibes which is not exactly yeah like he does
2: look like like a hornier older man
0: yeah and i was like not thinking of dirty horny old man when i was thinking of my show my show was like more like oh my god my sweeties are on the tv this week how great
2: (laughs) you wanted like a cute little like version of like that movie cocoon where they all like dived in the pool and that's a, a old movie but they uh, this guy looks like if, and just like that, stopped right now, and then 10 years from now they pick up filming again, somebody yes. that would potentially date Karen.
0: Yes, yes. I wanted like the tone to be very similar to Great British Bake Off, where it's like, yay, <laughs> oh, all my my great sweeties are together. You wanted older
2: handicapped people. <laughs> like, I, I, by the way, I totally understand what you're saying, but that's hysterical because this doesn't like, this seems like they still are trying to be sexy. And that's what yes. I want, like, yes. I want to Would see you, the older women now, the older women compete. Well, or, or what if they're all in their thirties or something? They're
0: going to be. And that's my concern is I was like, this is kind of already, I mean, I think they've like put out publicly what his age range was. Cause there was an article that I saw that was like, here's what the golden bachelor says his age range was. And I didn't click. Cause I was like, this is going to piss me off. And I can tell it's going to piss me off. So I just need to find out later. Like I'm kicking the can down the road. Because I feel like his age range is going to start in like the forties, which is fine. Forty-year-old women are fucking amazing, but he's in his sixties, and I was like, "What I again? What I was looking for with my own brilliant idea of a show was like, I want everyone in their sixties. I want everyone to be like, I am on the tail end of menopause and life is rough, <laughs> and my kids don't call me. I wanted that, you know." Yes.
2: <laughs> it will be interesting to see if like, you know, like even uh, no matter when, like once you get into your thirties and onwards, you start picking up things from your past relationship that you're like, that you just move through life with it. You move through life a little slower, or a little like damaged or something. And that's the kind of, ex- like, and that's what I'm hoping is that the, this guy is potentially damaged and he like short circuits on the fourth episode because he's reminded <laughs> of his ex or like one of these ladies is like, oh, he's doing it again. Like, it reminds me of this man from like Richard from the eighties.
0: I do think a lot of the sh- current show and a lot of reality TV in general hinges on, or a lot of dating reality TV hinges on the fact that young women are often easily exploitable and um, like it's easy to treat them poorly on screen. And, and it's easy to make them put up with situations that they, I not easy, but people frequently try to make them put up with situations that no one should put up with. And so I wonder and I and I do I really do wonder does that change with the casting of older women who cuz in my mind again there's like a woman named Ruth who's like okay shut the fuck up that's my like <laughs> dream is a woman named Ruth yelling at this man and being like you're an <laughs> asshole shut up and so and I don't think that's going to happen because of the way they're going to cast it they're going to cast it with like women that are like renting boats every weekend on a lake in utah or
2: something like then then imagine the family meetups when they have to meet the, the, the golden bachelor has to meet the the dads that are the same age as him
0: i yes yes so i'm very fascinated by this of course i will be watching i at least the first season, I always am like, oh no, I'm not gonna do that. And then I, of course I'm in, of course I'm in. Are you kidding? Of course I'm in.
2: Yeah, I, I, me too. Like, And I've been pulled out of the Bachelor franchise over the last couple of seasons just because I felt I was just getting such repetition. And I, I, I started getting really worried about having to take care of these people on social media for the rest of our lives. Like we <laughs> have to buy their products for the rest. Like we're now, like every new Bachelor franchise is like 30 new influencers put out into the wild. And I feel like that's too much pressure on us, the audience.
0: Yes, it is. It very much is, and then them bringing people from other seasons to Paradise to whatever. Which I don't watch Bachelor in Paradise. I've heard it's better. I
2: it's actually uh, pretty good. It's 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 actually it can get kind of good with the minutia between the past relationships.
0: I do think it also is interesting to have the power dynamic not be one person versus a group of people that it wants to all date the one person. So I do think that's fascinating. It's mostly I feel like because I've often been traveling or something when it starts and I've kind of missed some episodes and I'm such a completionist that I like, I can't, I can't, I have to see every episode. So I'm not ruling out Bachelor in Paradise and everyone I know is like, you have to watch, you're going to love it. You have to watch. So I'm sure I'll start soon. I'm sure there's no way I don't.
2: Bachelor Nation eventually needs to secede from the union. I feel like they can have their own like island somewhere and just be populated with Bachelor contestants, and they're going to be great. Um, two last things before I let you go. You've spent so much time with us. Thank you so much for making this so easy for me. Um, is that, uh, are you working on a second book? Because when I got finished with that, I know you have so many writing things and stuff, but I just loved your voice so much, and I know you do all of these articles and stuff like that, but I loved your long-form essays and stuff like that. Is there a second one in the work?
0: There is a second book, but it's going to be a fiction book, I believe, if I finish it and give it to my agent soon, which I'm supposed to be doing. So there is supposed to be another book um, and hopefully many more after that, again, dependent on Adderall shortages in this country and, <laughs> um, and my own willpower. But yes, yeah, so I, I, I love writing books and it's, it really has been a joy. So there will be more.
2: Okay, perfect. And then lastly, what are you watching uh, recently? It doesn't have to be reality. It can be scripted, movies, anything.
0: Oh, man. I The last thing that I remember thinking, oh my God, this was so good, was Jury Duty. I thought that was just absolutely I brilliant. Um, I was so sad to have it end because I felt just bereft. And then um, I would say I also watched this I've been trying to practice my Italian. This is a really nerdy answer. Um, I've been trying to practice Italian, so I've been watching a lot of Italian shows on Netflix, and I watched a good true crime show that has, like, it's half English, half Italian, about um, a girl in the Vatican um, that was killed in the 70s, I want to say. So that was very good. I love true crime. Again, is it called Girl like, in the Vatican? It's I think it's called something like Vatican Girl or something. Like, it is so such a literal <laughs> title. You know, like, you wouldn't Vatican believe it. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> as all true crime is, they'll be like the woman who lived at Cedar Point. And you're like, all right, awesome, got it, <laughs> understood. Um, so yeah, I, I, I honestly, I've been just Bachelor has been the like big <laughs> show just in our bachelor.
2: house. <laughs> so what, what is the? Why couldn't? Why wouldn't? Why don't you delve into Bravo with it? Like why? What is the? Is there a moral dilemma that you're like? I can't go that far.
0: No, it's not that at all. I think um I started Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which I really I liked. Um, and I watched for work along this is gonna sound weird, but for work I watched some Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which was very fascinating. I don't dislike them at all. It's more the again, because I'm such a like completionist, I cannot stand starting in the middle. Like I wanted to start Vanderpump Rules like, this year because of the cheating situation. And I actually happened to know somebody who's friends or maybe not friends. Friends is a very loose word, but like knows Raquel very well and had known about the affair for like months before the public did. And she was like, this has been so weird oh. and hard. She knew about the affair before Ariana did. But like,
2: anybody, but yes. Holy, yes. So holy.
0: she was. And so I, I know this person and she was like, it's been so weird and so hard to like keep this inside when, I know, I knew this was coming someday. Like I knew something would happen. Um, so like that, and I, I just, I'm living in LA. Like I kind of know people who know them or have partied with them or are friends with them. or you yeah. Know. yeah. So there's just like, there's kind of loose connections to that show that are fascinating. And I've wanted to try to watch it, but it seems so overwhelming. It seems like a huge commitment.
2: Just just do two episodes of the first season on Peacock. It's super easy. I, I swear to God, it'll be it'll be easy. It'll be fun. Just just try it. It'll be anyways. Guys, <laughs> the book is well. This is exhausting. I'm telling you, check this book out. It really like I, I found it at the perfect time, and I know it's going to mean even more to you. But also, check out our columns in GQ, Bustle. Uh, go follow her on uh, Twitter, Instagram. I'm going to put all those uh, tags up. Is there anything else that you're doing that we need to know about?
0: Uh, no, that is kind of everything. I've, I'm just, you can find me online talking nonstop, basically. So
2: that's what I wanted. I kind of forget. hopefully you'll come on next time. Cause I want to know if anybody was offended by your book and I have so many other, maybe you'll come on for like true crime or something, but please consider coming back. Cause thank you so much.
0: Oh, I would love to. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
4: Betches.